0: Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Well, I guess we have to give you the breaking news. It's another day and another indictment of former President Donald Trump, his third indictment. And it seems to me, and as other people have pointed this out, every time the noose begins to tighten around Hunter Biden, they indict Trump again. The left, the media, the deep state, 45-page Justice Department indictment. Four counts. It was out today, Tuesday, as I record this. And according to Yahoo News, a site that I do not believe, I guess the indictment contains multiple bombshells, including quotes attributed to Trump that he knew his statements about the 2020 election results were false. I'm not going to read it to you. I mean, it's another indictment because the news does not look good for Hunter Biden or for Joe Biden for that matter, but you won't hear that on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, or NPR. It's about Trump, 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 and how you know his, his denying the election results led to January 6th. But he and six unnamed co-conspirators were charged by special counsel Jack Smith for their efforts to turn, overturn the election and block the peaceful transfer of power following his alleged loss to Joe Biden. That's it. That's the, uh, the lead story in, in most sites today. And I mean, it is big news. A former president gets indicted for the third time. I mean, obviously, uh, Team Biden wants Trump out of the picture because he's the leading candidate to win back the White House. So they want to eliminate their most formidable opposition. That's what they do in communist countries. Even Trump said, you know, we're getting like Nazi Germany. I would say it's, we're getting like Soviet Russia. But enough on Trump. It's not done here either. He'll be indicted for what he did in Georgia, calling up the Secretary of State of Georgia, saying, you know, find me some some votes. Anyway, uh, on to uh, some real news. Jonathan Turley, who's an attorney and a a legal expert, law expert. He's on Fox News quite a bit. He is a Democrat, Turley, and he was on there this weekend. And he called out Democratic uh, New York Congressman Dan Goldman for, quote, tripping the wire on the Biden scandal. Goldman said Monday of this week that Hunter Biden frequently put his father, then-Vice President Joe Biden, on speakerphone while talking with his business partners, but he claimed it was simply to talk about the weather. If you believe that, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona I want to show you. And Turley said Goldman's comment tripped the wire in the investigation. And I'll give you uh, Turley's quote. It's really amazing to watch the extent in which people like Representative Goldman will just refuse to recognize any evidence. Absolutely true. They just discount what they don't like or what doesn't fit the narrative. Again, Turley says you could, you could have a picture of President Biden actually burying mountains of gold and they would say that he was simply doing gardening. So, you know, we have to get beyond that and just keep our eye on what the evidence is. And the evidence is increasingly damning. Goldman himself tripped the wire when he tried to question whistleblowers in the last hearing, and he ended up demolishing the president's defense, again, according to Turley. Goldman got the whistleblowers to say, yeah, the president did speak to his son about his business dealings. We have numerous witnesses and events where then Vice President Biden and now President Biden was involved. And you have witnesses like Tony Bobolinsky who said he sat down to discuss deals with Joe Biden. And so it's, you know, we're getting past the point of deniability. But if he's testified, as we have heard, that Joe Biden was on numerous calls with business associates, it's hard to look at what the president said and not say that he's been lying to the American people for years. That's a quote, a lengthy one from Turley. That's a newsbreaker? Joe Biden has been lying to the American people since he got in the Senate, since the 70s. His lies go back when he ran for president the first time back in the 80s, when he lifted a speech from Neil Kinnick, a British labor leader, basically borrowed Kinnick's life, plagiarized him, and didn't attribute the quotes to, to Kinnick, or Kinnick's speechwriter. He said he was at, at the top of his law class. He was at the bottom third of it. He earned three degrees. He he earned barely earned one. I mean, it just it can, one lie after another, and the media just lets him, just lets him get away with it. I'll finish up this and we'll go to something else. But during a recent House Oversight Committee hearing, Goldman brought up text messages about or from Hunter, in which he said his father was sitting next to him as he waited for a call from a Chinese business associate. Goldman argued just because Biden was allegedly sitting there, doesn't mean he was involved in the business dealings. Oh, really? IRS whistleblower Gary uh, Shapley said that the references show that Hunter told his father he was trying to do business, prompting Goldman to quickly brush off the testimony. Just ignore what they don't like, or if it doesn't fit the narrative. I mean, why did he, the president, lie during the presidential campaign? Why did he lie as president to say he had no knowledge of Of the dealings. You've heard him. He's denied it categorically dozens of times. Now we know he was connected to these dinners and all these events. There's an audio tape of Biden telling his son he's in the clear on these dealings. I mean, at some point, the American people will gradually resent being played for fools. That's according to some people. But I always say never underestimate the stupidity of the American people, especially if they're Democrats. They just. Believe what they want to believe. Speaking of Democrats, they're a little nervous about 24. And the reason, one of the reasons is because Biden obviously is, is brain dead. But the main reason is that they're, they're concerned, Democrats, that black voters will not turn out for Biden the way they did in 2020. This is in the Washington Post. Democrats increasingly worried after the 2022 midterms saw a 10% voting drop among the crucial electorate, blacks. Party activists are now making it a priority to bolster turnout for black voters, especially in key battleground states that Biden allegedly won in 2020. Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Maybe he won Georgia. Maybe. Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan. There was so much voter fraud in those three states. It's it's undeniable. But I'll read you a quote here from W. Mondale Robinson, founder of the Black Male Voter Project. I wonder if there's a... A white male voter project, something you know comparable. Anyway, he said that the Democratic Party has been failing epically at reaching the, this demographic of black men, and he said that's sad. Black men are your second most stable base, overwhelmingly, and yet you can't reach them in a way that makes your work easier. I would maintain, Mister Robinson, that they are reaching blacks, Democrats. Demo- Blacks are they're getting it finally. More and more black men are getting the message. And the message from the Democratic uh, Party is that, you know something, your policies aren't resonating with us. They're not helping us. They're hurting us. That's why black men are staying away. So then Robinson goes on, listen to this. He goes on and argues that Democrats should focus on black men who are, quote, sporadic or non-voters rather than suburban conservative-leaning white women. Many Democrats told The Post their concerns are largely over black men and not women who they expect to continue to show out for Biden so long as Vice President Harris is on the ballot. That's kind of a shallow view of black women, isn't it? Just because there's a woman of color as your vice president, black women are going to come out and support the the top of the ticket. Well, maybe it's true. I don't know. It seems to me it's kind of, uh, it's, it's racist, basically, but because because a, a black man said it, it's okay, it passes. But blacks are significantly less enthused about this re-election campaign than they were back in 2020. 55% of blacks say they're likely to support Biden in twenty four. That's according to a May AP uh, NORC poll. The same poll suggests 81% of Democratic voters say they definitely or probably would support the president if he's a nominee. I mean look at he's Biden's such a racist to me it's just obvious. There was a speech he gave to a, I think a group of black entrepreneurs during the 2020 campaign and I can't provide, you know, all the context but the uh, the punchline was they're going to put you all back in chains. Remember that comment? And you know, they he got applause for that. It's like why you why are you applauding that kind of a comment? Who's they going to put you all back in chains? And his comments about Obama back in oh eight, Remember those comments? Oh, Obama, he's, he's clean, he's articulate, nice-looking guy. But blacks, you know, almost 90% of blacks voted for Biden in 2020. The guy's been an abysmal failure. And I wasn't going to spend the entire program talking about presidential politics or, you know, the investigations into Trump or into Hunter because there's enough of that at, at, the, uh, at the national level. On to the economy. President Biden is touting his policies as turning around the economy and everything's hunky-dory. I guess it is if you live on Martha's Vineyard or in Greenwich Village or in Hollywood, but it's not so good if you're a middle-income earner, as I am. If you are the lower or middle-income scale, you're in trouble. I mean, you know it. Everybody knows it. Everybody but Biden and his team and the political class in Washington. The average American family is not benefiting. The Flint family. We're blessed, but we're not benefiting economically. Will Marshall writes for The Hill. He says, while economists debate whether the glass is half empty or half full, the public's verdict is clear. Americans are strikingly pessimistic about the nation's economy. Only 30% of Americans describe it as good. And again, they live on Martha's Vineyard. A Marketplace report Shows the average paycheck lagged behind inflation last year. And the higher prices are hitting low-wage workers the hardest. As I said, Bidenomics is killing us. They can congratulate themselves and pat themselves on the back all they want. The political class is giving itself high marks. But you know something? If you're a working family, you're not getting relief from these hefty price increases. I don't know what inflation is at 4%, 4.2. It's higher. Prices you are just through the roof. Gasoline, 4 bucks a gallon here in upstate New York. And inflation is the main cause. What causes inflation? The federal printing of money. And I read somewhere, I think I got the, the, the figure right, the Biden administration has printed $6 trillion. There's all this money floating around in the economy. So it's worth less. They're not helping us, or killing us. The rate of inflation exceeded the growth of wages for the first time in recent years in April of 21. This month inflation okay 4.2%, wages grew by 3.2%. So if you got a 3% raise you're already 1% behind the eight ball. Gas prices when Trump was in office in 2020, $2.19 a gallon. But now they're averaging 3.52 nationwide. Again, upstate New York try 4 bucks. We have 100 years worth of fossil fuels beneath our surface. We're being forced to buy electric vehicles. The operative word being forced. I'm not going to buy an electric vehicle, even if I could afford it. The average cost of an electric vehicle, I know the administration's big on them. Democrats here in New York State love EVs. Ooh, EVs. The precious metals that go into making these things are located, most of them, 85% of them, are located in China or in Africa. The average price of an electric vehicle is $58,000. Now, that's chump change if you are a member of the coastal elite, but if you live in the flyover states or upstate New York and you're struggling to make ends meet, you can't afford $58,000. When Trump gets back in or whoever the Republican nominee is, I don't care who it is, as long as Biden's out, we've got to get rid of him. That's all there is to it. We cannot survive another four years with this nitwit at the helm. According to a June 2023 report from the food information site Bon Appetit, the U.S. Department of Agriculture reports prices for food at home rose 11.4 percent last year. That's after spikes of three and a half percent in both 2020 and 2021. And I, I won't—I'll spare you the numbers, but they're just—it's dismal. And uh, there's there's this thing called a debt bomb. I'm not going to get into all the numbers, but I'll just—I'll end it with this. The Heritage Foundation summarizes. Bidenomics failure, adjusted for inflation, the average American family, that's you, your family, my family, has seen their annual incomes fall about $5,600 under Biden. And for many families, that's an entire month's pay. It's about 60000 a year. That's what the average American makes. We've lost $5,600 this year. That's about right under Bidenomics. All right, that's enough of that. McDonald's has had to pay some, some big money for a hot McNugget. Now you wonder why the, the price of McNuggets has gone up? Well, I eat at McDonald's very infrequently, but I I noticed last time I went there, I got a double cheeseburger. But the, the McNuggets are like, four McNuggets cost you like five bucks. Ten McNuggets, are, it's like 20 bucks. You've got to take out a second mortgage for McNuggets. A South Florida jury heard the story of a little girl. She was seriously burnt when a chicken McNugget dropped onto her leg. Her mother was leaving a McDonald's drive through This was in uh, a Tamarack, Florida. She's at a drive through They're leaving and one McNugget hit this girl in the thigh. And I, I guess the, the mother's videos of the burn and of the child's cries were presented in court as evidence. So according to this report, I forgot where I got this, Olivia Caraballo, again, she was four years old. She was burnt four years ago. Her lawyers were asking for $15 million in damages. It took the jury less than two hours to deliberate. And according to the jury's judgment form, McDonald's USA, with its franchiser, Upchurch Foods, has to pay $800,000 in damages over the course of the next four years to this family. <laughs> That's 200000 a year for one McNugget. Makes me want to wear a pair of shorts into the next drive-thru. I, I don't go to McDonald's drive-thru. Both sides agreed during May, during the trial in May, that the nugget was responsible for the burn, but the family's attorneys claimed the temperature was at at least 200 degrees. The nugget. Whereas the defense team stated that it reached 160 degrees. no wonder why the cost of, of McNuggets is... Oh, all food is up. And this isn't the first time this has happened to McDonald's. Reports show that 79-year-old Stella Lieback, she was 79 back in 1992, she was severely burned after buying some hot coffee. Again, she was at a drive through and the coffee there is really, really hot, as it is at Dunkin' Donuts and all these fast food places. But Lieback had ordered a hot drink while riding in her grandson's automobile, but there were no cup holders available, and she suffered third-degree burns. She tried to take off the lid off her cup while sitting in the car, uh, parked vehicle. I mean, it wasn't like the car was moving. The car was parked. She messed up. So Lieback first demanded McDonald's pay her around $20,000 in medical bills. She filed suit when McDonald's countered with an $800 settlement offer. At trial, it came to light that McDonald's had received over 700 similar complaints about burns caused by hot coffee. Anyway, the jury decided in Lieback's favor, gave her $2.7 million in punitive damages and 160000 for medical bills. But the court eventually, the trial court eventually lowered the punitive damages to $640,000. Jeez. Oh, it's unbelievable. People just getting rich by, what a litigious society in which we live. It's a, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't sue McDonald's if I... Messed up and, you know, spilled hot coffee on myself. It was my fault. I'm in a parked car and I spill coffee and I I sue McDonald's. All right, that's enough of that. But that's why, again, the cost of McNuggets and food is sky high these days. One of the reasons. That's about going to wrap things up. On the next program, I want to do a a, a podcast with my daughter because she happened to see Oppenheimer over the weekend. And she said it was really, really good. Oppenheimer, of course, the uh, creator of the atom bomb former communist who left communism, and I, it, I guess the movie is a blockbuster. It's tremendous. It's long. It's like over three hours long, but it's well worth it. I haven't seen it, but I hope to see it maybe this weekend and maybe do a podcast on that, maybe with my daughter, because she's seen that, and she also saw the Barbie movie, which I referenced on the last show, uh, being uh, very disparaging to white males and uh, a lot of political undertones. To that, I haven't seen that either. But well, maybe she and I can do a podcast together on those two movies, and also the Sound of Freedom, which is uh, Hollywood is trying to bottle it up, but it's it's a huge success. Mel Gibson and uh, Jim Caviezel uh, behind that. What a what a movie! I think it's third uh, in the box office this week. It's a lot of people are, are turning out to see uh, Sound of Freedom, and Hollywood doesn't like it. They don't like it. They they have something to hide, evidently. That's going to wrap things up. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. If you want to contact me directly, it's pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. And don't forget, hit like, hit subscribe, and hit share. We need uh, subscribers, and we need people to uh, share the program, tell your friends about us on social media, and check out all the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. Thanks for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon the pac-man podcast was produced and edited in the bmg studio music by kevin mcleod for more episodes of the pac-man podcast go to the bmg or go to the bmg network on facebook and be sure to tune in to the next episode of the pac-man podcast with ted flint